Winter Poems, 2010 I walk along the ridge of a frozen valley, gazing inside. I can see my faces lying there cold and still in the bluish light of a sparkling night. Faces from my childhood, adolescence, and early adult life. And then faces distorting and graying. I tried hard to remember my face. My mind felt blank and vacuous. One thing I knew for sure, these were not my faces. 2. The moments of terrifying clarity are gone as cities turn into ruins and vast farmlands into ash ponds. Specks of war and snow float in desiccated air. I recall April 11 of last year, the day I had attended two contrasting ceremonies on a spring-scented evening. One was a loud birthday bash of an aging tea taster, and another a first-death anniversary of a once-roaring teenager. A query had shaped in my mind when I drove back home. Why do we celebrate our birthdays so pompously? when they bring us a year closer to death. A boy monk who sometimes visits me in my dreams told me, The gaiety that you find in birthday bashes are an ode to nature that allowed you to live a year longer than you deserved. This boy monk visited me yesternight and asked me, When do you plan to die? I said, The day I'm sure my children no longer require me by their side. The day my queen finds me boring. The day I've seen blood on my hands. Blood from the vessels of a few of my enemies. The day I've unlocked the angelic face of evil. The day I'm no more affected by the sighting of a beautiful woman. The boy monk cut me off sharply with his uproarious laughter and vanished into thin air like smoke. In the morning when I woke up, I thought about the idea of dying. Death surrounds us in invisible chains, collapsing gradually. There are no ways by which I can protect my children and my queen from the horrors of death, although I make attempts to make them believe. I protect them from the horrors of this world. Visitation of death to each his own. The moments of terrifying clarity are gone, as cities turn into ruins and vast farmlands into ash ponds. Specks of war and snow float in desiccated air. 3. My daughter, who dreams of marrying a Michael Corleone, is devastated at finding none in her crowd whose shadow resembles one. My son, who plans to emulate a famous nemesis of a famous vigilante, like the Joker pitted against the Batman, and who secretly wishes to be an inceptor working for a mammoth corporation, actually chases shadows of ideas in plastic dreams and kills time loitering looking terribly unemployed. My son and daughter are doing a project on refractions and shadows. On the conspiratorial motions of light, they inform me there is a new shop in town at the riverfront that sells your shadows. Shadows like one of Sherlock Holmes with a burning pipe in his mouth, 
like the moving shadow of an airplane flying low across submerged paddy fields, like the shadow of Michael Jackson dancing mad on his toes. A shadow is the truest reflection of your soul. Its darkness-filled edges tell you a narrative only if you dare to see through its layers. So they say, my son and daughter, and thus I must buy them this shop as part of their inheritance. I plan to visit this shop one day to consider their proposal with some sincerity. As I enter it, I'm puzzled by its opulence of various forms of light, their magical interplay, coiling and uncoiling in series, 